This is Financial Standard, the definitive source of news, thought leadership and analysis for Australian wealth management professionals. Financial Standard. Take the lead. Hi, I'm Chloe Walker and welcome to the Financial Standard podcast. The Australian landscape is like no other and our agri-sector is expanding with opportunities underpinned by both government and institutional interest. Today, I'm joined by Kilter Rural's General Manager of Farmland, Angus Ingram, to find out more about what's happening in this exciting space. Thanks for coming on, Angus. Great to be here, Chloe. Thanks for having me. Now, Angus, it seems that uh, investors both at home and overseas are increasingly attracted to Australian agricultural investments. What do you think is driving this sentiment? Uh, look, one of the the first things that comes to mind, Chloe, is Australia's lack of sovereign risk. I've travelled fairly extensively looking at agriculture across the world. And uh, one of the standout reasons that the likes of Canadian, US and European pension funds look to invest at scale in Australia is because of a strong rule of law, lack of just basic sovereign risk that can be seen in places like South America, Eastern Europe, of course. So uh, that is a, that is a standout factor. And we have the most sophisticated water market in the world. It is not widely known, you know, circa $30 billion in total market value. Uh, it is a um, highly sophisticated trading setup, um, a cap and trade system, and the lack of subsidies. So Australian agriculture is highly competitive. There's not uh, a strong safety net of uh, income here in Australia. So you have to be very progressive and uh, r- right at the head of the curve to um, to be competitive and sustainable over the long term. Great. Thanks for, for sharing that. So according to the latest quarterly Rabobank Rural Confidence Survey, an interesting thing that came out of that was an increasing number of farmers are concerned about the outlook for the year ahead because of the dry seasonal conditions and the lower commodity prices. As an investor in the regeneration of Australian farmland and water, I'd be interested to know if you share these concerns. Thanks, Chloe. Look, first and foremost, we do take a long-term view. Our most recent uh, fund, the Kilter Agricultural Fund, is a perpetual open-ended fund rather than a a five- or a ten-year closed-ended fund. Anyone who's invested or been involved in Australian agriculture for more than 10 years understands these cycles. You know, the the Bureau of Meteorology this week has only just formally announced that we are entering a a long-awaited El Nino seasonal phase. Uh, we've been talking about it since about January or February of this year. That's the first one since uh, 2015. And uh, we know that when combined with the Indian Ocean Dipole, which is a weather phenomenon driver out of the Indian Ocean, we tend to get less rainfall and uh, more intense summer heat events. This is, these are well-known seasonal factors. It is the, the land of drought and flooding rains. We have a highly variable climate and uh, that's just a factor of, of agriculture in Australia. Uh, we did come off a essentially a perfect convergence of high commodity prices, really favourable seasonal conditions and super low interest rates, which absolutely boosted you know, farmer confidence and farmer productivity, but not just in agriculture, across many industries. But uh, that has been a, a certainly a boom period for the last three years and it is returning to more sort of typical market conditions. Right. Um, as a nearly 20-year-old firm, Kilter has experienced dealing with all kinds of seasonal conditions. So how do you work to create long-term sustainable outcomes regardless of what the weather's like? That's a terrific question, Chloe. Uh, I guess I would answer that in the approach to managing landscapes. Rather than managing a crop of wheat or a crop of corn or a crop of cotton or whatever it is from one season to the next, 
our approach to managing long-term sustainability of those landscapes to therefore deliver long-term sustainable returns to our investor clients is how we manage those landscapes at scale. And it's not paddock by paddock. It's literally, you know, across 7,500 hectares, uh, you know, in, in southern New South Wales that we were showcasing uh, just last week. It's um, where is most suitable to revegetate at scale and trying to hit that target of 30% remnant native vegetation across those landscapes for all the complementary benefits that they provide to sustainable farming production. If you have that balance right, you're providing habitat for pollinators, mammals, reptiles, you're providing wind breaks, you're creating microclimates, increasing humidity. All of this stuff is complementary to long-term sustained farming production. Uh, you're reducing moisture losses out of those crops. Uh, if you are just farming just monoculture wheat across thousands of hectares and you have none of that complementary ecosystem service going on, uh, you're really sort of um, pushing against nature constantly. So our approach to long-term sustainability is very much marrying um, the commercial production of agriculture with sustained, um, encapsulated ecosystem uh, protection. That's really our, our core mantra and something we've been working at uh, for 20 years. And those in the business are absolutely wedded to that, those principles. A few weeks ago, Angus, the federal government announced a breakthrough agreement with the majority of states to finalise the Murray-Darling Basin Plan. What does this plan mean for Kilter Rural and why are you excited about it? The Basin Plan is a, is a really complex and nuanced piece of, uh, of, um, of policy. Uh, broadly speaking, at a high level, we, uh, Kilter Rural as a business is supportive. Ultimately, if you boil it all down, the fundamental objectives of the Basin Plan are about uh, returning what was an over-allocated water resource back to the environment. Well, we know we have scarce water here in Australia. We have a very sophisticated water trading system uh, in the southern Murray-Darling Basin, the major systems of the Murrumbidgee, the Murray uh, and the Goulburn down in Victoria. And it was widely recognised um, back when it was legislated in 2012. There was a broad agreement between the major basin states that those water resources had been over-allocated to industry and the environment was seriously suffering. Now, there will always be uh, tension when there's significant change and water is taken away from small regional economies, and we absolutely recognise that, and there's been enormous improvements made in how water has become more efficient in its use and its delivery. Uh, so broadly speaking, we are certainly supportive of, of the Basin Plan. There is still quite a bit to play out in terms of recovering some of those volumes of water for the environment. Uh, and the current federal government is uh, certainly ambitious in those targets. Day-to-day uh, -day doesn't really greatly affect what we do uh, in a way that we manage farms and landscapes. Uh, but at a policy level, uh, we think it's only a, a positive thing that we're... Uh, I guess there's obvious alignment there between marrying uh, industry with environmental conservation. Yeah, that's great to hear. Uh, so despite what Rabobank has described as a decline in Australian rural confidence, why is it important for investors to get behind Aussie agriculture? First and foremost, Australia is renowned for being one of the most sustainable producers of uh, quality food and fibre. We are absolute world leaders in the application of technology to ensure that we're being really efficient in our resource use. We're not subsidised, and that is a key driver of that, that early adoption approach. Uh, that, you know, the sustained production of food and fibre is absolutely critical to uh, meeting those, uh, the targets or the, or the population trajectories that they're facing. You know, we're talking 
several billion more people by 2050. Uh, there's no more arable land available on this planet in which to grow crops, so we simply must produce more with less. Uh, mm. Our approach is to be an exemplar business that demonstrates how that can be done. You know, our sole purpose is mobilising investment capital at scale to deliver uh, investor returns through sustainable and even regenerative food and fibre production. There is not a strong culture within Australian institutions of investing in, in Aussie ag, uh, yet, but you would continue to see offshore institutions investing in Australian agriculture for some of the reasons I outlined earlier. So uh, we will continue to support Australian agriculture. We think it's a wonderful asset. It's got a long, long track record of delivering really strong capital growth and also um, financial yield to its uh, owners and its investors. Uh, it's completely non-correlated to other traditional uh, investment markets, as you know, bonds, equities and the like. And uh, it offers terrific diversification for, for sophisticated investors. So uh, we clearly are passionate about it. We think it's a terrific asset class um, and it has nowhere near the volatility of other traditional asset classes. So uh, we'll continue to pursue uh, more long-term sustainable farmland investments into the future. That's great to hear. Uh, thank you so much for your time, Angus. I've certainly learned a lot and it's been great to chat with you about agri-investing and also finding a little bit more about what Kilter to Rural does. Um, if people want to learn more about Kilter to Rural, what should they do? Look, the best place to start is certainly our website. There's an investor portal there and uh, there's ample information available on some of our open uh, strategies, be it in water or farmland or a combination of both. And uh, we've got plenty of people you can speak to there. It's not uh, that I'd be happy to have a conversation and tell you more. So uh, it's been uh, my pleasure, Chloe. Thanks very much. And uh, I look forward to speaking soon. You too. Thanks. Thanks for listening to this Financial Standard podcast. For more information, visit financialstandard.com.au. Please keep in mind that the information discussed in this podcast is general in nature and does not consider personal circumstances. Reliance should not be placed on any content without further independent financial research and advice. 